Hello, and welcome to episode number 172 of the Lions Podcast, presented by BetMGM. My name is Matt Brown, joined by Steven Anders. We run through all the big happenings, all the big news, all the big bets, all the craziness happening in the betting industry. We will talk what went on this week at the U.S. Open. We will talk some some Major League Baseball and how those odds have shifted. We'll look at some NFL markets that have opened up over at our partner, uh, BetMGM. But let's kick things off here. Steven, with the NBA, this is, uh, I feel, I feel for you. I do. I honestly do. As a Sixers fan, I do. I feel for you. We are down to the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. We are down to the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers in the west side here. And the Suns have charged out to a commanding two to nothing lead in this series. And with that, we are looking at now the Suns as a plus 125 to win the whole thing right now. The Clippers 14 to 1 to win the whole thing. And so we have seen now a giant shift with the way that this series has started to play out. Let's start with the West, then we'll get back over to the East here. Um, Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, obviously these first two games, they lose to the Suns, although the Suns without Chris Paul in the first two games as well. Um, We don't know what the status of Kawhi Leonard is and when he may or may not be back, but things probably uh, don't look incredibly promising here. Do you have any inkling at all that the Clippers have what it takes to come back all the way in this series and uh, win four games before the Suns can win two? Well, it would certainly be on brand for the Clippers in this postseason, right? Digging themselves Mm -hmm. a hole and and getting out of it. Um, But I don't have much interest in in playing the Clippers right now without Kawhi Leonard. I mean, the Phoenix Suns have just looked so damn impressive. And this is why uh, you were on them much earlier than I was. But I hopped on before game five when Anthony Davis was out and locked in some, some plus 800 West futures on the Suns. So... Feeling nice. really good about that right now, and and not really interested in in hopping on the Clippers. Um, you know, if I will say this, I mean, if if you have still a little bit of a concern that the Clippers can come back and win this series like they did the previous two and going down early in the series, uh, plus six fifty on them to win this series now down o two is a nice easy number to hedge those those Suns futures, uh, West futures if you have them. Um, and still lock in a, a ton of money. Um, we're at that point now if, if you did have Suns futures like I do. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> they look so good. It's, it's hard for me to, uh, to go against the Suns here. Um, other than that, I mean, the beauty of being a Sixers fan and a sports better is that I understand that the process was flawed and, and took some Atlanta Hawks mm-hmm. Eastern Conference futures when Joel Embiid got hurt and also dabbled on the Hawks to actually win that series. So uh, the problem now is, Matt, that they are just enormous underdogs to the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are minus 500 at Bet MGM uh, to win this series. And I, I mm-hmm. think that is a little extreme, frankly. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't really see much of a path here for the Hawks to win this series against the Bucks. Me, me neither. It's like it's just such a mismatch for Giannis down low against this team. I mean, yeah, if they can, as long as the Bucks and you know, listen, Coach Bud has has certainly made some head scratching decisions over the course of these playoffs, and assuming rational coaching decisions is always a detriment to a sports better. But 
you know, I would like to think he sat Giannis down and said, we do not need you shooting three pointers. Do not shoot three pointers. Go in there and do what you do. Charge like a bull at the at the rim. Get what little bit of defensive help they may have against you and Clint Capella in foul trouble and just dominate down low. I, I think they have no cure for for Giannis whatsoever. Now, do I think it's a sweep? I think that there's one game where maybe the Hawks just shoot out of their minds and and maybe steal one here. But this this has this feels like a 4-1-4-2 series written all over it to me because again, the consistency from the Hawks, there are nights when they do shoot the lights out, but the consistency from them has just not been there. And listen, the Trey Young point totals, if you look, they're a little bit deceiving because when you really dig into the box score, it is more on volume than it is on efficiency. I mean, he's shooting 26, 27, 28 times and making six, seven, eight, nine of those shots, like for 30, you know, 33 and change percent on the on the course of the evening. He's just been getting to the line a ton, which is what has really boosted his point totals in these games. But man, it just seems to me them finding a them finding a cure for Giannis is going to be very, very tough and getting the shooting that they would need in four games to win four games by just out shooting the bucks to me just seems like a really, really tall task. And as you mentioned, I mean, we're looking here tonight, this game, just a, a massive spread already in game one here. Um, by the time you're listening to this, maybe the game's over, but it's gotten up to, to eight and a half at some books, um, eight at some other places in favor of the, of the bucks. And it, it doesn't surprise me in the least bit, Steven, as you mentioned, bucks, Minus 500 to win that series. I think it's Bucks and Suns, and then you and I can have a discussion from there because I do want to see at least a little bit of how the Bucks attack this 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 Hawks team to make me a little bit more comfortable in how I'm going here. But uh, man, this is uh, does not look like the the Hawks have what it takes to to stop this Bucks. Yeah, team. a couple notes on on some of these other markets on BetMGM. You can get four to one mm-hmm. on a Bucks sweep. You can get plus two thirty that the Bucks win in five games, plus three fifty that they win in six games. Uh, I'm not a big trends guy, but you know, just a fun fact here: the the for game one, the Bucks coming in 19 and 14 against the spread this season when they're favored by eight or more points. Uh, the Hawks, conversely, five and three when they're underdogs by eight or more points. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out if you're listening to this after the fact. Um, the last thing that I just want to you know give a quick shout out here to our guys over on our YouTube page, uh, Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander. Uh, making a good point, I think, about some player prop opportunities in this series. Uh, in game one, if, if Bogdanovich is still banged up, not playing much, um, they're looking at this Kevin Herter prop. It's still sitting at 12 and a half. I think it might be up to 13 and a half. Uh, in those last two games in the Sixers series, 21 and 17 points with his increased usage. And, and the, the props haven't quite um, inflated a ton from his season averages despite that increased usage. So uh, hat tip to them on that one to point that one out. I like that one for game one. We'll see if, if it works out. Um, but he's going to get more minutes as long as, as Bogdanovich is not is banged up. And there's these there's these series props as well that they have at BetMGM. They have top series point score. They have top series assists and then top series rebounds. Look, the score, we know it'll be Giannis or Trey Young. Giannis is, is juiced to minus 250. You can get two to one on Trey Young. But the one that's very interesting to me is top rebounds. 
Uh, Giannis is only minus 185. Now, the only person at all. So it is basically a head to head versus Giannis and Capella for this for for this. And Giannis has the massive, massive edge in this for sure. You have to think Capella is going to be drawn away from the basket a little bit to have to go cover Lopez as well. And so Giannis should get be able to get some cheap rebounds as well throughout the course of this series. Like I think minus 185 is a pretty fair price on Giannis to lead the series in rebounds and probably a bet that if it were available where I'm at, it's not, by the way, but if it were available where I was at, uh, something I wouldn't mind having in, in my account for this series. Yeah, sorry, Vegas, Matt. That you can't you can't get action on this one, buddy. We're out here in PA. We got the specialties here on BetMGM. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, at Giannis uh rebounding logs from the last series against Brooklyn 13, 17, 12, 12, 14, 11, 11. I mean, the guy's just a machine. So uh, I mean, Capella couldn't do anything with Joel Embiid, even with a torn meniscus in that last series. Um, other than some alley-oops from some Trey Young. Uh, that was really yeah. the, the biggest thing that they were able to take advantage of. But, I mean, Embiid still had his way uh, inside the paint there from an offensive perspective. Uh, you know, rebounding-wise, he had a couple big games, but he also had a couple games where he didn't – he had three games in that series where he didn't get double-digit rebounds, Capella. So um, now he's got Giannis, and, and you know, I, I tend to agree with you there. I mean, I think that's – it's it's juiced, but – I mean, who else is going to beat him as far as rebounds go? Yeah. Yeah. I, it just seems to me like that is, you know, I think that's a pro. Actually, I would probably play that one up to like 210. I think that that's how that's how big a favorite he is to to lead that series in rebounds. Uh, we will certainly whenever we get some finalists, we will do a, a special podcast on everything that will be available. Listen, the books are going to really go crazy whenever we get a finals matchup as to what the betting offerings are going to be. So we'll certainly uh, do that, get a special video as well over on the YouTube channel with uh, Nate and Josh. So be sure and check out all of that content. So you and I, big, big, big golf bettors, and we just got past the U.S. Open. Of course, John Rahm, who was the betting favorite entering the tournament, left as the champion, did get a little bit of a little bit of a collapse from as the guy behind me on uh, in the whole 15 grandstand said Oosterhaven, uh, who uh, he were, and, and let me tell you, I was like, man, there's not even a V. How are you getting the v? how are you getting to Haven? Like, there's not even a V in this guy's name. Like, what do you do? He's like, ah, it looks like the Oosterhaven is like whatever. I'm like, Oosterhaven. Like, what do you like, where is this even coming from? Like, I don't even. And then uh, but then he did throw a. uh uh, he did throw a DeChambeau out there as well. All so right. like, I was like, okay, this guy just doesn't know anyone's name. Okay. So I, I see what's going on. It's just, this guy has no idea what any of these Maybe people's DeChambeau names are. was a um, reference to his 44 on the back nine. <laughs> yeah. He just blew it. No, no joke. But uh, so we do have John Rom and, and more, more than anything, what I want to talk about here is just maybe some lessons that we learned along the way. And, um, you know, we talk about when, or, you know, one of the things I always try to preach when it comes to golf betting is what is a person's win equity? What do they bring to the table to go out and win a golf tournament? And like, I would rather have a guy who wins tournaments. And I'm telling you this, and I'm being dead honest with you, Stephen. I'd rather have a guy who wins tournaments and I might bet him in an outright market every now and then and he just gets cut 
as opposed to these dudes who are just who are just consistently guys that linger but never ever ever really put four rounds together as far as going out and trying to win a tournament so i, I want to ask you this question but have betters or will they ever learn their lesson on Tony Finau because this seems like everybody just wants to continue to bet Finau because they want to make sure they, you know, they have this fear of missing out. Like they don't want to be not on him when he finally wins a tournament. But the thing is, is the guy doesn't win and you keep betting him every single week, week in, week out, week in, week out. And what these people are going to look up and even when he does finally win, whenever in the hell that might be, you're still buried on him because you played him so much before that you're not like, I like guys that have win equity. Yes. Bryson went out there and had a horrible back nine, but the way Bryson plays, he's either going to be in the mix to win it, or he's going to do what he did on Sunday and finish T 27, you know, because like, that is just what that's just Bryson style. And I almost prefer to have outrights on guys like that, that are just, they are either going to win the damn tournament or they're, or they're just going to blow it. Then a guy like Finau who just can see who we keep saying over and over and over again, Oh, this could be the week. Oh, this could be the week. This course might fit him. This could be it. And he just, and Vic Hovland is, is a guy that I'm, you know, again, I need to stop playing as much. I need to just go with not necessarily the numbers, but what I'm actually seeing with, with my own eyes and stuff. And so what, what lessons, if any, did you kind of learn coming out of, out of the U S open? I agree with you on, on guys like Finau. I mean, he's, he's just a popular name that people like to bet. And, and in terms of the hardcore golf betters, there are, there is a, a group that sees him popping in stat models frequently and, and they want to try and get those 30 to 41 odds. But I mean, call me when he's in the Puerto Rico open again, and I'll consider betting on him. Like yeah. when he wins again, I'll tip my hat to him and say, you know, congratulations. But to, to yeah. your point, if you keep trying to chase this, then you're like, you're, you probably won't even break even at that point. So I'm with you right. on that. The other, the other lesson I had from the U S open, um, other than the one you mentioned that Bryson's a guy I'd much prefer to play in outright markets than in, than derivatives of top fives and top tens. Cause he is volatile. Um, and I stand mm-hmm. by our process on Bryson DeChambeau last week, despite his blow up on the back nine. He had the solo lead going into the back nine of the U.S. Open. The process was sound there. Um, so it was just an you know, unforeseen implosion. But, the, you know, everything that we said about that tournament benefiting long hitters was absolutely the case. There was a long list of long hitters at Torrey Pines that that was in contention uh, on Sunday at the U.S. Open. Uh, but, you know, the other thing I'll, I'll just say is, um, live betting in mark or in tournament betting continues to be a weapon for me when it comes to golf betting, because mm-hmm. going into that final round, um, if I just let everything sit as is in terms of my outright card, I would have you know gotten buried, but every once in a while, you're going to find some value on guys and it's, it's tournament specific. You have to understand the nuances of that specific tournament and whether or not it's the type of tournament where guys at the top are more likely to tumble with high scores in the final round because the course is that difficult, or if it's another tournament where it's just a birdie race and a guy who's four or five back is less likely to catch a guy who's at the top of the board. So going into that final round, John Rahm was sitting at 11-1 to 1 at BetMGM, and I put a half a unit on it. And mm-hmm. it saved my weekend because, you know, right. He was three back going into the final round. 
He fit all the criteria we wanted. We just didn't want to lay nine to one on him pre-tournament. Right. 11 to one is more than fair for John Rahm with the history he had with it being such a long course and with him shooting. You had 54 holes. Yeah. You had 54 holes of information Absolutely. as well. Like, like that's the other thing is like that, you know, with, with, I, and I have a different style of NFL betting and you hadn't been with us for an NFL season yet, but you'll see like, you know, I'm not all about closing line value when it comes to NFL, because for me, for NFL, information is key for me. Like I like to gain and, and have as much knowledge as possible as, as I can when I'm going to there's like basketball. I'm fine with like, with trying to get on an early number because I know those can move rapidly and those can like go, you know, all kinds of wacky with a little bit of news and stuff like that. But with, with the NFL, I want to know all of the information I want to have and gather as much as humanly possible so I can make a, what I feel to be the most informed decision when I go to make a bet. And like you're saying, like with golf, you had 54 holes of, of information at that point. Like you saw how difficult the course was playing. You had, you probably were able to make that bet as the tournament had already started playing on Sunday. So you even saw how difficult the conditions were going to be on Sunday that like, Oh wow, that lead, probably is not very safe whenever you look at how much these guys are struggling, you know, in this early round, a guy like Rom with his natural ability is as live as anyone, despite the fact that he's three strokes back. So yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm glad you brought up the thing about Bryson because that was, that was my point that I didn't actually illustrate is that in golf betting, I think some of these guys, you have to understand some of the guys are better to bet derivatives on like your finals of the world and things like that. Like, Look, I'm not saying don't bet your top 30s and top 20s on Tony Finau. The guy has been a top 30, top 20 machine for the majority of of his of his career here for the last three or four years. But he just doesn't win tournaments. Well, the, the opposite can be said for DeChambeau, where it's like his volatility is such that like you don't want a bunch of derivative markets on on DeChambeau. You don't want head to heads with DeChambeau. You don't want to be playing three balls with DeChambeau. You want an outright ticket on him and. I, maybe a top five because maybe he just gets eked out or something like, you know, at the end of a tournament. But outside of that, I'm with you. It's like you want to keep it super top heavy on a guy like DeChambeau because he is that range of outcomes where he might get cut or he might just completely blow up on the weekends or whatever, because his style is just so incredibly volatile. Yeah. And, and with it now being a, you know, not the busiest of sports weeks here in the middle of summer. I got a, I got a mm. total degenerate bet with you. I want to share that I made and <laughs> it's right. for the women's PGA championship. All right. You ready? You're right. All right. All right. All so right. All so right. it's a top 10 bet. And I want to compare John Rahm, who is the pre-tournament favorite at the men's us open to the women's PGA championship favorite MB park. So we're looking at top 10 here in his last 18 events, Rom has 11 top 10s. Park has 11 in her last 14 events. In just majors, Rom has eight top 10s in his last 14 majors. Park has 10 top 10s in her last 16 majors. Rom pre-tournament at the U.S. Open was plus 125 to finish top 10. You can get Park at plus 163. And that's despite her having five consecutive top 10 finishes in majors and she's actually won seven majors where Rom hadn't won any going into last week. So 
you're getting much better odds here on a golfer with a much better resume to finish top 10 in this major and has done it far more often than what John Rahm has done on the men's side. So that's my degenerate golf bet of the week. MB hey. Park, top 10 hey. in the women's PGA. I like it. The, of course, the uh, the Open Championship odds are up over at BetMGM. And as you would expect, John Rahm is your betting favorite at 9-1. to one. Dustin Johnson, 11. Rory, 12. Brooks, 14. DeChambeau, 14. JT, 14. Spieth at 16. Hovland at 20. Xander at 20. Everybody else is 25 or longer. Um I guess what this the other little bit of information I would share here as we you know, as we move out of the U.S. Open, we'll be focusing on the British, obviously, Stephen, would just be it's a very different type of tournament. Oh, yeah. the, the Open Championship and a very different type of skill set and a very different type of player. So unlike what we do 47 weeks out of the year here on this podcast and over at the lines and on the YouTube channel and breaking down like the typical golf tournaments that were that people are going to be playing. That's not really the case with this. And so it is going to be some specialty stuff that we're looking at. There's probably going to be a little less analytical approach from us as well. And a lot more of the, well, this guy has more the type of style that I like to play in these types of courses and tournaments and things and stuff like that. So just understand that while we're, we're super analytically driven and we're big into numbers and we, we certainly, you know, preach that, you know, again, 47 to 50 weeks out of the year, I think for, at least for my approach in this one, it's going to be a little bit different because I'm not, while I'll build a model and I'll look at it and it'll certainly be a guide for me, but it's not going to be the end all be all for sure. When it's something, when, when we're talking about the open championship, have you locked any uh, outrights in yet? for the open because I have I took I took a Ricky Fowler at 90 to oh, 1 baby. so I have so I have Ricky Fowler at 90 to 1 and again because it's we're just talking about different styles and the styles that 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 players play and and how these Short you game, know right? the open championship yeah, how it differs and Ricky Fowler was coming around and has been coming around and says he feels as good about his game as he has and a really, really long time. And so this was a couple of weeks ago when I saw that it was at 90 to one. I'm looking right now. I feel a little bit better. It's at 66 to one right now over on BetMGM. So, uh, you know, did get a, a better number that's av- than what is available now. But uh, that's the only one I have in the account. I'm actually really going to start uh, probably going to be a very light travelers week for me. And uh, I'm going to start really digging in and looking, you know, at the open because I believe that there will be probably at least a few golfers that we all look at and say, I feel like this guy might be a little mispriced or I feel like this matchup, this head to head, this three ball, whatever it might be, might be a little mispriced. And so I want to be I want to be on top of that. I want to be ready to go when that happens. And so I'm uh, I really am going to start looking forward to this one uh, probably this week. The only one I've locked in uh, is Louis Oosthuizen. I got him at 40 to one and uh, Uverhaven. Yeah, I mean, Oosterhaven, that dude's like yes, the, yes. the manager yes, in the yes. movie Rookie of the Year, <laughs> where instead of Rowan Gardner, it's Rosenbagger and Gardenhoser and Rudemucker. <laughs> That's who you're sitting next to yeah. the Chicago Cubs manager in Rookie uh, of the Year. <laughs> it really was. It was so great. So, uh, so, so Louis is only twenty eight to one at uh, at at Betting Yeah, I, w- right I now. wouldn't take twenty eight. Uh, I got I locked him in yeah. at forty, and and this 
goes to another teaching point, I would say, when it comes to betting major championships is do your best to lock in better numbers before tournament week. Um, and and it, it gets tougher and tougher as the tournament gets closer, uh, but you know what course they're playing on. You can look at you know what has fit there in the past. Um, perfect example of what we're talking about. Torrey Pines was such an advantage to long hitters, and to his credit, Louis hung in there. He's he only averages two ninety off the tee, and he's the number one putter on the PGA Tour. But ultimately, that wasn't the combo that got it done. It was a it was a long hitter mm-hmm. and a well rounded game, and John Rahm that ultimately won. Um, despite the fact that he sh- he joined a very short list of U.S. Open winners to birdie the last two holes of the tournament and win. So, I mean, I think that list was like Jack Nicholas and Tom Watson and, um, you know, Bobby Jones or something. It was just a ridiculous list right. of names. So, I mean, Louie hung in there and he almost pulled off the, the unprecedented when it comes to the, not having much distance, but... I mean, his game is in the best form it's been in since he won the Open in 2010. I mean, he's been awesome this year. He's he's choked a couple times down the stretch with just one bad tee shot on a playoff hole and one bad tee shot on the 71st hole of the U.S. Open. Uh, but he's going mm-hmm. to be there again, you would have to think. Uh, so shop around. I mean, at 40 to 1, I think, is a fair number on Louis Oosthuizen for the Open. Uh, and to your point, taking Ricky Fowler at 90 to one, like that, that goes back to, to the point I'm trying to make, try and find some long shots here before tournament week. Um, and, and if they, be- before people start putting, yeah. cause like we're, we're trying to catch a number before, before people start putting their money into before the market. Right? And I mean, that's- they, they could have a top 10 yeah. in the travelers or a top five in the travelers or one of these other tournaments before yeah. the open. And that's going to shorten their number as well. And my thought, my thought specifically just on Ricky is he's just he's one of the more popular golfers on tour. And so like when when people actually start putting their money into the into the the market, some people just like to bet people they want to root for. Right. And like they don't care in the least bit how their what their form is or how the how good they are. Anything like that. I mean, hell, Phil. Phil went off at the U S open at some shops at, at friggin' like 12 to one because like so much money had came in on Phil, right? Like people just want to bet on people that they like to root for and you get four days of rooting for them, hopefully if they make the cut and, and all that. So like I wanted to get to Ricky earlier as well, because he's just, you know, he's a popular dude. People like to root for him and I didn't want that money to start hitting him before I could get some money in on him as well. So we'll, uh, we'll be hitting on the open again, uh, as early as humanly possible and check out all the content over at the lines and over at play picks and of course the youtube channel as well where we'll be sure and keep you in the loop of everything that's going on with that i do want to touch on some mlb and how some shifts in some of these divisional odds and things have played out but first a quick word from our friends over at betmgm Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 
522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So, Stephen, Major League Baseball has gotten fairly interesting. Obviously, the MVP race has shifted dramatically because Mike Trout got hurt over in the American League. So here we are now when we're looking at the American League MVP. Vlad Jr. at plus 110, Shohei Otani at plus 130, everybody else 25 or longer. I agree a thousand percent with these odds. I think barring injury, it will be one of those two guys. And so... I can't even offer a, hey, maybe you want to take a flyer on player X, Y, or Z here because when you look at what Vlad and what Shohei are doing right now, they are so far head and shoulders above everybody else. If Trout hadn't gotten hurt, if Byron Buxton had kept it up and he had not gotten hurt, maybe we could say like, okay, maybe you want to take it on one of those guys. But look, Otani, I was... If I'm going to sit here and whenever I win things and I make good calls and uh, toot my own horn, I can certainly sit here and say when I'm wrong. And I thought the regression monster was coming big time for Otani. But instead of the regression monster coming, he actually just shifted his approach to everything. He took a couple of miles off of his fastball. And what that done has greatly increased his accuracy And he is not walking near as many batters whenever he actually decides to pitch, which is about, you know, every two times through the rotation, um, Otani's going. But he his control is so much better that he's not trying to throw 100 every time. It's like, oh, by the way, you can get away with a 97 mile an hour fastball like it's it's going to it's going to be okay um, with him. And then his plate, his approach at the plate as well, where I was saying, dude. You can't just swing at everything and and it just keep on working for you. Well, over the last month of the season, he has started to walk at an exponentially higher rate than he was uh, since the beginning of the season as well. So he's being more patient at the plate. I am with and in on Otani and then Vlad Jr. basically leading in every single statistical category right now. You got to be in on him. Do, do you see a path for any of these other guys? Again, Barring injury, like we know, we mean, we know that Vlad could get injured. We know Otani could get injured, but like, let's, let's assume health here. Do you see a road to any of these other guys in this MVP market? At this point, no. Um, And if you are asking me to now choose between Otani or Vlad at almost even money and who I would bet on right now, you're basically asking me an impossible question because I mean, this is seriously unprecedented territory we are talking about here. You are literally having to decide between a guy who could win the triple crown in the American League and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the second coming of Babe friggin' Ruth. Like, how the hell am I supposed to handicap (laughs) the choice between those two guys? I mean, it's just amazing what we are seeing here. It's so cool as a baseball fan to see this. So... Uh, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride and see what happens. If I didn't have a ticket at this point, I'm not interested in getting in. You're basically flipping a coin to try and figure out how voters are going to pick between these two guys. Um, You know, and to your point on regression for Otani, if he keeps up that approach, it's going to help that regression. So um, gun to my head, I'll, I'll pick Vlad 
um, because of just possibly winning the triple crown. But I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, Japanese I know it's like, Ruth. you can't go wrong. Yeah. It's like, you can't go wrong. Right. With this. It's like, you, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with either one of these guys. And so, yeah, if, voters, good luck for you. If the, if both of these guys keep it up the rest of the season, good luck to you because I, I have no idea how you're going to go about doing it. Um, on the NL side, and this is something that we mentioned here on the podcast about a month ago, where we said it could get interesting with Jacob deGrom if Jacob deGrom keeps on doing what Jacob deGrom is doing. Well, he has, and he is, and his stats are so cartoon-like, it is the most unbelievable thing like whenever you look at his stats that you will, that basically you will ever see. And I, I, I'm not even speaking in hyperbole here. He has 12 starts on the season. He has pitched 72 innings. He has 117 strikeouts to 10 walks. It is an 11.7 K to walk ratio. He has a 0.50 ERA a 0.51 whip. And by the way, he, you know, we don't care about wins and losses or whatever, but he at least is getting a few wins along the way. He is seven and two on the season. So he's getting at least a minimal amount of run support from the Mets, which he had not gotten in the last few years of his career. Steven, he has driven in more runs batting than he has given up earned runs pitching. Oh my God. What in what? I, I mean, listen, I understand he only goes out there one every five days, and that's the argument against a pitcher winning the MVP. But when your team knows you are going to win a game, if you can just score three runs, like go out and get three friggin' runs, and that's all we need, and we're going to win the game. It is. It is hard for me to say that the NL MVP, as we sit right here on June the 23rd, and you and I are both okay to change our minds because we are rational thinking human beings as the weeks progress. But as I sit here on June the 23rd, Jacob deGrom is not only the Cy Young winner, but he is definitely the MVP as well. We did a a spring training podcast, Matt, where we were looking at the Mm -hmm. Cy Young market and said damn, I mean, DeGrom's probably the value despite being the favorite at three to one. And boy, that's looking real smart yeah. right now. Oh, that, that, that one's in the account. I just, that's one of those you make, you tuck away, you forget about it. And then at the end of the year you go, oh yeah, that was a, that was a good bet by me. Like, you know, <laughs> like you're just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. Like that's a, that's a good idea. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we, we were saying it over and over again that like, listen, he is just head and shoulders above all the other pitchers in the national league. I think and, he could be you know, out now for he's the sitting here and still win the Cy Young at this point. <laughs> he's, he's minus 400 right now to win the, to win the Cy Young. But you know, look, he's plus plus one eighty to win the MVP. I understand Tatis is there. Yeah. I understand Acuna is there. I understand Castellanos, especially with this Reds win streak is going to start making some noise as well with the season that he's putting together. But it is very, again, very, very hard for me in today's today's era where, you know, now we're questioning guys spin rates and whether, you know, their their true success was due to some a little bit of help from this, that and the other. Well, since this memo came out, DeGrom has had two starts and he's gone out and looked exactly like DeGrom and, and has done every single thing that DeGrom's done all season long. I, 
I mean, look, plus money on DeGrom at this point. I'm like, do I need to go add? I, the problem is, is that he's such a lock for Cy Young. And I already have right. that locked into my account already that like, that's probably the only thing keeping me off of making this bet. And what I would say to that is too, you know, I, I can't see a path where he doesn't win Cy Young, but if he gets hurt, he won't win MVP. So, and he has, you know, missed a little bit of time and left starts. uh, So that would be my concern. Uh, But I I just want to throw one more just mind-boggling DeGrom stat at you here. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2018, when he won his first Cy Young, he had an ERA plus of 218. As we record this right now, his ERA plus is 772. <laughs> like, what in the hell? Um, and, and just a little background here. Like, you know, a pitcher winning NL MVP, just so everybody knows how rare that is, there's only been four pitchers in the last 70 years that have won NL MVP, and their names are Kershaw, Gibson, Koufax, and Newcomb. Like, all-time great pitchers and DeGrom is putting up an all-time great season so he certainly meets that threshold but um you know the one thing I'm going to say is I'm going to reserve final judgment on this our our fantastic new senior writer Mo Nawara right now is doing a deep dive on this NL MVP market with a pitcher now in the mix and DeGrom and he's looking at not only if he's going to meet the threshold of these other all-time great pitchers but also if these hitters at the top of the board are not having as good a seasons as the other hitters when a pitcher won MVP, if that makes sense. So like, are they above the other hitters that didn't win MVP when a pitcher won, or are they below the other hitters that didn't win MVP when a pitcher won? So he's diving into that right now. So look into that, uh, take, keep an eye out for that article at the lines.com. It should be coming out here, here pretty soon. And I understand that he doesn't do what Otani does, but just a, just to throw this out there, he also is hitting 407 <laughs> with six RBI on the course of the uh, over the course of the season so far. So um, yeah, there's also that if you want to throw that in there as well. One of the things as we just continue to you know eat closer and closer, and by the way, we are 76 days away from from the NFL being in our lives permanently for uh, for five months. We are you know getting more and more betting options and more and more betting things popping up at these various sites, which is really really exciting and super awesome that they're putting this stuff up so early, especially for NFL fans. Um, one of the things though, Stephen, I wanted to hit on real quick for our our listeners in case they want to go and explore a little bit is so what they have done over at BetMGM is they've taken your conference betting and they've they've added it on steroids essentially so if you I mean your division betting I should say they they take division betting and put it on steroids so they have your traditional division winner but now they have added to finish second to finish third to finish fourth They also have the straight forecast of first and second. And then they also have the exact outcome one to four in each one of these conferences, uh, each one of these divisions, I should say, as well. So it's very interesting to go in and just start to mess around a little bit with with these um, with these things. I mean, listen, for example, you know, the AFC East right off the bat to me. Like, I love the Bills, I love the Dolphins, and I really don't like the Patriots or the Jets all that much. And so, 
a Bills Dolphins one two punch is plus two twenty five for that division. Like so, there's just these little fun bets that they've added um, that you can make and and go through and you know the Bills Dolphins Patriots Jets plus two fifty and all this. So like there are there are interesting ways that you can uh, bet all of these divisions and and whatnot. So I wanted to at least bring that up. But the one thing that I did want us to talk about just a second is. The the Super Bowl, if you click up, you just go um, and click on the NFL tab, guys, over at BetMGM, and then you click on the futures. If you scroll down just a little bit, you'll have Super Bowl winner, but then they have double chance winners that they have now added to this to this betting market. And so you can get two to one, Stephen, on the Chiefs or the Bucks winning it all are the chiefs or the Rams. And of course, everything, every other combination starts going down a little bit further um, as you continue to, to, to move down the, the stretch here. But uh, it's just, again, more interesting than anything else. I don't think you're getting a great price on the chiefs or the bucks at two to one to win the super bowl. There are still 30 other NFL teams out there. And of course, a, an injury to Patrick Mahomes or to Tom Brady could spell disaster for either one of those teams. But just the the amount of markets that are showing up, the amount of different ways that you can bet the NFL over at MGM is, has gotten so robust. And we are still, like I said, 70 plus days away. I can't imagine what these what this tab is going to look like a month from now. Yeah. First thing I looked at when you you brought this to our attention was uh, some of these double chances with the Rams because I missed out on the Rams odds <laughs> move when they signed Staff- or they traded right. for Stafford so early. So uh, I'm just looking at a couple of these here just for fun. And, um, you know, Rams or uh, Browns at six to one Rams or Bills at plus five fifty. Uh, if you want to stay in the division Rams and let's see Seahawks. Uh, that's a fun one. Uh, Rams or Seahawks plus seven twenty five. So th- yeah, this is it's fun to look at for sure. I, this this to me would be like um, you know just trying to find a couple long shots that can that can get into the mix in the NFC uh, for me. That's that's kind of yeah. what I would look at this NFC path because the top of the AFC is just so stacked in my opinion. The the other fairly interesting deal is is to get a sweat on multiple teams is the state of the winning team. California at 450. And with that, you know, I mean, you were getting two pretty favorited teams in the Rams and Niners. You also throw the Chargers in there as well. I don't think anybody's really jumping up and down about about uh, getting the Chargers necessarily for that. But there's there is that. Of course, you can go Florida, Florida. I don't really you know, you're basically just betting the bucks there. You're not worried about any of the other teams in Florida getting it done. Um then they have the the name, the finalists, and you pick the division. So it could be AFC West versus NFC South is five tw- plus five twenty five and all that. So um, definitely go and check out all of these. If not for if not for anything other than to just get tickled by all the amount of different ways that you can go about betting the uh, about betting the NFL with 70 plus days until we actually have our first game. So I can't even fathom what we're going to be able to put bets on Steven when we get 30 days out from the season actually kicking off. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be some uh, chiefs fans in Kansas city with all this talk of Mahomes telling people that he wants to go 20 and Oh, that they're going to be uh, at least glancing for a moment at this uh, 66 to one price on a team to go undefeated this year. Uh, No interest on for me, but uh, you know, there'll be some chiefs fans out there that, that look at that and have a little wry smile on their face. 
They also have added the NFL draft prop next year. First overall pick if you want to go in and hit that up. My only note here is there is no Trevor Lawrence in this class. Like there is no slam dunk. Definitely number one pick for sure. No doubt about it. In this 2022 class, of course, people think that Rattler is going to be the guy. But listen, Joe Burrow came out of nowhere to become the number one overall pick. Um, so my only uh, my only advice to you here is without there being a Lawrence in this class, I would 100% pick a quarterback and I would pick a quarterback a little bit further down the list that may be able to just come out of nowhere and and really impress people and make his way up to, to go in number one overall. And that's the only strategy for me in that one, um, Stephen, I don't know if you know if you you have your eye on anybody um, for that draft next year. But again, before we get going and before college football season kicks off, this is when you're going to be able to get the best numbers on any of those longer shot guys. Um, if you if you want to do that, yeah. Personally, I I haven't looked at it yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we could probably safely assume that it's either the Texans or the Lions getting the number one pick or at least being heavy favorites to get the number one right. pick next year. And uh, sorry, but Davis Mills doesn't exactly make me think the Texans won't be interested in a quarterback yeah. next year. And Jared Goff doesn't make me think the Lions won't be interested in a quarterback next year. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, I think you can count on, on one hand, the number of non quarterbacks that have gone number one overall this yeah. century. So um, if you're trying to- and especially with it being the Texans, like you said, I mean, like, look, Deshaun, we know Deshaun Watson's going to yeah. be out of there, like be it suspension or trade or release or whatever it is or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, like they're going to take a quarterback for sure. And so I'm I'm with you. Like it's it it'd be different if it was some other team that maybe had just taken a quarterback or something. But like it's going to be the Texans eight times out of 10 with the worst record this year. They just are so talent devoid compared to every other team out there. And then. They're going to take a quarterback. So I'm with you. I like, I would just my research like for a market like this is I'm going to find a guy that's a quarterback that has a lot of upside and could end up being the dude that kind of climbs the board and, and could end up going number one overall. And I'd, I'd rather have a, you know, 40, 50, 30, you know, whatever, something like that ticket in my account on a guy like that than Rattler at 250, because to me, that's just not that's not worth even betting. You know, Yeah, I mean, that's that's like a mid season price still. I mean, you're not the price. Is yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I said all that to say, this isn't a year where I'm going to get cute and try and take a non quarterback. I mean, I'm only, yep. only looking at quarterbacks. If I'm betting into this market in the preseason. Guys, we are, I mean, really and truly ramping things up over on the YouTube channel. What we're getting on top of the basketball picks that'll happen through the rest of the season, but also we're getting, you know, daily baseball videos up there now. We're adding in some just overall evergreen videos so that you can take a look and, and try to understand what's going on for the upcoming season in football. We're hitting on UFC whenever the big pay-per-views come around as well. So we've got that that's going up on the channel. So be sure go over there, subscribe to the YouTube channel. All you got to do is head to the lines.com right there on the homepage. There's a big button that says YouTube, click on it. It'll take you right to our YouTube page and be sure and check out all the great work that Steven and his team are doing on the written side of things over at the lines and play picks because uh, man, cranking out a ton of content and hopefully helping you at least guide you towards becoming a better, better. We're not necessarily going to sit here and jump up and down and say, we're winning you a ton of money and, and all the things like that. But what we are trying to do is make you as informed 
as humanly possible. And Stephen, that is what stays with you. The picks come and go. The daily little stuff comes and goes. But learning how to do this better and think more critically and understand how to sports bet is the lasting impression we're trying to leave. With Absolutely. People. I mean, we are trying to teach you things that we've taught uh, that we've learned from others that are smarter than us along the way. And and, and now we're trying to, to share that information with you guys. Uh, but at the same time, when we hit a Garrett, he go at 50 to one, or we hit a Rory, McElroy, <laughs> like, like we're going to celebrate, man. We're going to have fun with it. We are going to enjoy those moments along with you guys. When you follow the process that we're following, uh, but at the same time, we want to make sure that you guys are are just learning as much as you can because, um, you know, that that's what's important to us. We want to we want to build trust with you guys. We want you guys to feel that this is a place where you can come to and we're not just throwing out picks to try and, and get your attention. Like we want to make sure that you guys trust us and come back for more. Guys, good luck on your NBA bets this week. Hopefully your team is still in it, or at least a team that you bet on is still in it. And of course, uh, Major League Baseball will be with you through the doldrums of the summer here. We'll be certainly grinding along with you guys until we get a little bit closer to football season, whenever we can really, really, really get interested and start cranking things up as well. For Steven, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. 